Uh, the title of the teaching on today is called Born Again to See. Uh, this is still, we're still doing the kingdom essentials. We're doing the basic stuff. Uh, pretty much every one of these teachings that I'm doing, I'm going to come back and do a series because this stuff is deep. When I tell you every scripture that you read in that Bible is a book worth the information in it. Okay, can you imagine our Heavenly Father making one comment and how deep that comment would be? <laughs> can you imagine him saying one word and then just that one word has so much depth to it? And so the title of our teaching on today is Born Again to See. Born Again to See. Our first scripture is coming from John chapter 3, verse 3. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now, Father, that your will will be done, Father, in this household. Father, use my tongue as a pen of a ready writer to speak the things concerning your kingdom, Father, to feed your children, Father. Father, we give you permission to take control of the atmosphere, Father. Destroy everything that is not like you, O oh Father. Release a spirit of learning, O oh Father. Let us absorb your love, your truth, and your guidance through your word, Father. We thank you right now, Father. We seek your face, your kingdom, O oh Father. We seek to honor you, O oh Father, by learning of you, O oh Father. We thank you for that and much more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus responded, and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, unless one is born again, he cannot see. Say see. Now, when Nicodemus originally came to Jesus, he came to him, he said, Rabbi, which is teacher. He said, I know that you come from God. He said, because of the miracles you do. No one can do these miracles except he be from God. Now, anywhere in that, did you hear a question? Did you hear Nicodemus in that comment ask him, what do I need to do to be born again? <laughs> he didn't come to him and ask him, what do I need to be born again? He came and said, I know you come from God because the miracles you do. He knew his heart. He was investigating the miracles. He wanted to know, how is it that you do this? And Jesus said, well, let me just cut to the point. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So he's letting you know, once you're born again, your eyes open to the kingdom. Once you are born again, your eyes are open to the king. Once your eyes are open they are open to the kingdom. So we have been born again so that we could see. Now, when he came to Nic Nicodemus, came to Jesus, it's obvious that he was blind. <laughs> he wasn't naturally blind because <laughs> he saw the miracles that Jesus did. He was spiritually blind because he didn't see how he did it and where he was getting it from. And so what I want to talk to you about on this morning is in order to open our spiritual eyes, we're going to have to close our natural. They both can't be open at the same time. 
So first we have to have our eyes closed to one realm before they can be open to another realm. We have to have focus on the kingdom. We can't focus on the kingdom and earth. <laughs> you can't seek God and seek money. You have to make a decision because the thing about it is your visual going to take you into one of them. You see according to something right now. You don't know what you see according to, but we're going to identify it today. And in order for us to get this, the understanding of this, of this story, we have to start at Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7 for my note takers. Familiar story. But we need to revisit and understand the state of Adam and Eve. Okay. The scripture says, now the serpent was, more, was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? <laughs> the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the tree in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, who said? God said. Now, God didn't say that. Adam said it to Eve. <laughs> but when Eve heard her leader, she took it as if God said. Eve was not even created when God gave Adam these instructions. She took the words of her husband as God said. Don't y'all throw nothing at me. The woman said, she said, but from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. Now, he only told Adam not to eat it. When Adam gave the instructions to Eve, he said, don't touch it or eat it. Say, don't touch it or eat it. <laughs> say, don't touch it or don't eat it. Now, she got her instructions. Those are spiritual instructions. Don't touch this or don't eat it. Spiritual instructions. She received the instructions. And, and, and she's appropriating how she's giving it because she's telling Satan, this is what God said. This is what my heavenly father said. He said, don't eat it or don't touch it. But then Satan had a rebuttal. No, you would not die. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will do what? Now, that's serious. Okay, right. You will surely die. So it ain't a chance. Of you, you ain't got to go to the hospital. Ain't no emergency room. Okay, we ain't pumping no stomach, no CPR. You ain't going to need no paramedics. You will die. And then Satan said, no, 
you would not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened. He wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. Your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Now, she was already like God because in verse chapter, in, in Genesis 1, 26, Adam was created in his image according to his likeness. He was given, he was blessed and told, you dominate, you rule. I made you just like me. So she was already like God. She just wasn't like her father yet. She couldn't handle knowing good and evil. Verse 6, it says, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Now, she said that God said, She said, God said, don't eat it or don't touch it. One conversation gave her an appetite for it. She was, she was in the, the hands of the best thing ever. She was in the hands of the one who created the universe. But she's talking to a serpent. We do this. Okay, the father gives us instructions. He tells us how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, where he wants us to do it, and then somebody come and we get an appetite through their conversation. And he told her, he said, the moment that you eat from this, he said that your eyes will be open. The woman, now look at this. Let me read verse 7 first. It says, so she took some, some of his fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now he told her that her eyes would be open. And the moment that their eyes were open, they now knew that they were naked. They never had clothes. So that can show you how strong lust is. Lust happens when my eyes are not spiritually covered. Lust happens when I look at a woman or a man and I see, don't see them how God intended me. I don't take God's eyes into the situation. I take my flesh into the situation. So when they ate it, their eye, the, the scriptures say that their eyes were open. Their eyes were open. What was it open to? The natural realm now. So as soon as their eyes opened in the natural realm, it closed when? Where it? It closed in the spiritual realm. And so now, What we have to do now, the reason why we come to church, the reason why we practice righteousness, the reason why we read the, the Bible, the reason why we study is so that we can close our eyes to the natural and open them to the spiritual. Amen? And so 
What I want you to get out of this today is I want you to look at the scriptures and I want you to see how Paul is teaching, how Paul is training, how Jesus came to the planet. When Jesus came to the planet, the first thing he said was repent, 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 change the way you see. Your mind now needs to change. Your mind needs to change, okay, and, 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 but it needs to change with a kingdom perspective. This is why Jesus has so many, watch this, this is what redemption is all about. If your sight never switches, you can't say you're saved. Let me say that again. If your sight never goes from natural to spiritual, the Bible says that the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit. So you can come to church. You can sing the songs. You can praise. You can worship. You can do all that. But if your sight never changes, then you never walk the spiritual life. And we have to stop telling people, at least I'm going to stop telling people, that, look, it, it's big. When you say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and you say that I am now a child of God, that means from that day forth, your obedience is to the Father, and you are to, to, to grow up in him. You are now to spend your time. You can't say, well, you know, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and then do everything but read, do everything but study, do everything but pray, do everything but seek his face. You have to be active in this. You have to be active in this. Say, I have to be active in this. You have to pray. You have to be developed. Your, and the part of development is losing your sight. Jesus said you got to lose your life to gain it. That's what we're here for. We're here to lose one life to gain another. We're here to lose a natural life, a life where we got to do everything on our own to gain a life where he already, it's already written. The book already finished on this life. This life over here, you got to write it. This life over here, you got to make it happen. That's why this life depicts you as a slave. This life over here depicts you as a son, a child with a father who already knows your destiny, who already knows your purpose. But the thing about it is you in the balance. You don't know which side you want to go on. You don't know what side you want to choose. And at any given time, you can find yourself back on this side, which is trespass. <laughs> which is you out of your destiny. Doors ain't opening on this side. Why the door not opening? Because you can't see. I hate to tell you that your destiny is bright, but the only way you get it is if you can walk through it and see. He's not going to give us a destiny. We're not praying, we're not fasting, we're not reading the word, but we want the destiny. We can't get it. The reason why, because you're gonna have to, you need to do those things to keep it. Whatever he has for you, it is phenomenal. But the spiritual exercises that we need to do are spiritual exercises that continually open our eyes to the spirit realm and close our eyes to the natural. And so this is all Paul, this is redemption. This is redemption. This is what he's bringing us back to. This is the renewed mind. It's a mind where our eyes close because the fall was their eyes opening. 
When the eyes open to the natural realm, it closes to the spiritual realm. That's why all of a sudden they know they're naked. <laughs> now all of a sudden they got to find clothes. The Bible said that they started sewing leaves. They started sewing li fig leaves together. Now it's only two of them. <laughs> it's only two of them. It ain't like it's a crowd of people. But this tell you how strong your spiritual sight is to the point where as an as a, a, a adult, as a child of God, somebody could be butt naked in front of you and it don't appeal to you. It, don't, it should not turn you on. Let alone with clothes on, stop. Hello? Let alone with clothes on, you should, mm hmm Is that your wife? Is that your husband? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That's how strong natural sight is. It feeds your appetite. He just said to her, nope, the moment you eat this, your eyes going to be open. And Q, the, the next scripture said in verse 6 said, he, he told her in verse 5, in fact, God knows that when you eat, it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good for evil. That's all it took for him to say. And the next scripture said, the woman saw. So Adam's eyes didn't open until he ate the fruit. Eve's eyes opened when she had the conversation. Just a conversation with Satan, opening your eyes. For women, the reason why women, because you are 98% feminine. You are emotions. You are emotions, thank God. Thank God, because masculinity, we need, we need somebody gay. We full steam ahead. We ready to, to, to go to war. You need a one. Stop. Don't worry. It's going to be all right, baby. All right. <laughs> you can take the biggest dude. Girl. <laughs> Stop, boy. <laughs> come on. You see the biggest dudes, and then their mama come out. Oh. <laughs> it's something about what a mother, what a woman does to a man's soul. We need women. But we don't need them emotional. S women, Satan plays on your emotions. They don't like me. That's all he got to say. <laughs> That's all he got to say. <laughs> all right. I see the men want me to keep going. Women want me to stop. <laughs> I'm in between. Father... But one conversation, and, and I mean, literally like three sentences, and it said the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of it and she ate it from a conversation. All right, let's keep it moving. And this don't have nothing to do, this ain't a woman thing. This is a spiritual thing. Men do it too. David was supposed to be out at battle. David was supposed to be out at battle with the. Why y'all shaking your head now, women? Why are the women shaking their head now? <laughs> now all of a sudden, like bobbleheads. <laughs> David's supposed to be out the battle with the boys, 
setting a strategy to defeat somebody. Instead, he at the house chilling and seen Bathsheba taking a bath and got himself in trouble. Was he not anointed? He was anointed. <laughs> Did God speak to him? Was he not talented? He played the, he played the harp that, that silenced the spirit of Saul. The boy was gifted. He was good at war. He defeated Goliath. Uh-oh. So, he could defeat Goliath, but Adam had the same. No, look, this is all, look, this right now, this is going on. You want to set a brother up, send a woman. <laughs> you see it all the time in the movies. You want to set up, send a woman. He was ready for Goliath, but he wasn't ready for Bathsheba. <laughs> Who is this creature that would defile the armies of Israel? Bathsheba, nothing. So what happens to both of us? So what Paul came to do and Jesus came to do was to get our sight right. So when Jesus arrived on the scene, he's like, repent, because the kingdom of God is available. And the reason why he had so many arguments with the, with the Pharisees, with the Sadducees, with the scribes, is because he came with a different sight. He came with a different sight. They wanted law. He wanted grace. They want to stone a woman, he wants to let her free. They don't want a man to get healed on the Sabbath day, he want him healed. Told Jesus, he said, he said, I and my father are one. The Bible said they picked up their stones, got rid of the stone, Kirby. He said, what you stoning me for? For the works? No, but it ain't the works. The reason why it wasn't the works, because they did the works. They were casting out devils. They had seen miracles before. He said, the problem we have with you is you saying God's your father. And men don't talk like this on earth. That was a statement that was never said in the planet. No one ever had the privilege of saying that until they heard Jesus. What you mean God's your father? And it's funny, when I be around ministers and stuff like that, and they know what I minister, and I teach about the father, they be trying their hard. The Lord. <laughs> you, should, you should hear what they be accentuating it. <laughs> and when we pray to the Lord, and they look at me, I'd be like, hey, whatever. The Holy Ghost. And what Jesus said. Jesus said the Father. <laughs> It'd be funny, though. Y'all, some of the stuff I go through, people try to prove stuff to me. It don't make sense. It'd be funny. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Let's look at what Paul had to say. It said, for those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on things of the Spirit. Now, why would Paul say that? Because Paul is trying to align our mind with spiritual things. Because when he walked in the door and he met them, their mind was stuck on fleshly things. So every now and then, now, this, now watch this. This ain't a sermon. This is a letter that he wrote to them to tell them. If you're going to do this thing right, you have to have a mind that is set on things of the spirit. 
He said, for those who live according to the flesh have their mindset. Now, the word mindset, here is the word for neo. The word for neo is the word for neo. The word for neo, mindset, it means, it means to set your mind someplace, to strive after something, to seek something. The word for neo, when he's talking about mindset here, is the mind that you use to go after things. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because wherever you set your mind at, you receive it. Your mind is powerful. The mind is the most powerful thing on this planet. So he says, for those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit have their mind set on things of the spirit. Now, a mindset is also a fixed position. It's a fixed position. It's an unmovable, okay, which means that when I set my mind on spiritual things, I'm not moving it. I'm not setting my mind on spiritual things, and then when stuff get hard, I pick my mind up, and I set it on natural things or fleshly things or carnal things. Because wherever you set your mind is what you get. Verse 6, he said, now the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So now this word mindset is a total different word. It's a total different word. This is the accomplished mind. This is after you have set your mind in a place, the results. It's what you now see because you've been so focused there, that's what you get. So he said, if you set your mind here, he said, those who live according, those who live a certain way, you ain't got to ask where they mind at. <laughs> when you look at their life, you can tell where their mind's set. You can tell what they do all the time. You can tell what they do with their spare time. You can tell if they pray, if they fast, if they read the word. All you got to do is look at the life. The life will show you. He said, the mind that is set on the, on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Now, why are we talking about minds? Because you don't see with your eyes. You don't see with your eyes. When it talks about the, that, that their eyes were open, it's talking about not only did their eyes open, but their ears open. Okay, which means that they couldn't hear in the spirit or they couldn't see in the spirit. You see with your mind. You don't see with your eyes. Whatever your understanding is, when you look at a given thing, that's what you call it. That's why the scripture had to constantly tell us we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. <laughs> but we wrestle with what? Just say spirit, because y'all, yeah, just say spirit. We good with spirit, because y'all about to name all of them. Say, <laughs> so we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But come on, let's be honest with ourselves. How many times have y'all looked at a person in a situation, in a circumstance, and you didn't look at the spirit? You looked at the person. Huh? What is that letting us know? Our eyes are not open to the spirit. They're closed to the spiritual things, and they're open to the natural. 
Your mama not the problem, your daddy not the problem, your sister not the problem, your cousin's not the problem. It's the spirit realm that's attacking their mind and they have no idea what's going on. But the reason their mind is like that is where they set it at. So he said the mind that is set on the flesh is death. Meaning if your mind is set on the flesh, it's set on earthly things, that means that it's closed to the spirit realm. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But the moment you decide to set your eyes on spiritual things, it opens up. It opens up. Now, the scripture says you have life and you have peace. Verse 7, it says the mindset, the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. So why is a mindset on the flesh, hostile towards God. It said, not only is it hostile, it said it cannot submit. It's unable to do it. So what is he letting us know? If I don't pray, I can't submit my mind. If I don't read the word, there's no way I can submit my mind to him. If I don't practice, there's no way. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ or the word of God. How can you hear unless someone is sent? So somebody has to preach the gospel to you or teach it to you for your eyes to open. The more I get in the word, my eyes open. Why skip a day? Why skip a day? So you ain't read the word all week. What does that mean? <laughs> Imagine what that means. I ain't prayed all week. Imagine what that means. You haven't been in connection with the spirit realm. All week long, you ain't talked to your heavenly father. You ain't read his word. And because you haven't read his word, he ain't talking back to you. Say the mind set on the flesh, the eyes are closed to the spirit realm. They can't respond to the spirit realm, but they're totally open to what's going on in the planet. My fact checkers. We know what's going on in the news. We know what's going on on Facebook, on social media. We know what's going on with the newest crypto. We know everything that's going on in earth. Nothing that's going on in the spirit realm. All right. Y'all ready for me to close? Y'all like, I got it. I got it. Well, the scripture tells us wherever we set our mind, wherever we set our eyes, whatever we tune our eyes into or whatever we tune our ears into, whatever we listen to, whoever we listen to determines our growth. It determines our growth. You can watch Sports Center all day. You're not going to grow in the spirit. You can watch Discovery Channel all day. You're not going to grow in the spirit. You can watch the news all day. You're not going to grow in the spirit. Until you open the Bible, open the word, and watch this. It has to be a preacher that's assigned to you. I'm going to say that again because I felt somebody throw a shoe. It has to be the preacher that's assigned. You have a destiny. 
Faith comes by hearing. Somebody has to be sent to you. Because it ain't just about preaching the word. It's about dealing with you as you grow up. Everybody can't tolerate you. Everybody, can't, everybody don't have a stomach for you. <laughs> People call me complaining. Well, did you know your member? Yeah, but this is the thing about it is they, they pastor, their apostles are going to labor with them until Christ is formed. Second Corinthians. Let's look at Paul. Further look at Paul. This is the conversation. Paul is just constantly trying to minister to them. Second Corinthians 4 and 16, it says, therefore, we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. So the way it's supposed to happen is daily, your body's supposed to decay, but your spirit man's supposed to grow. Okay. The Bible tells us to seek him daily. If we seek him daily, then daily we should be growing. The issue happens when, when it, 20, 30 years then pass and you haven't been seeking him, but your body been getting older. You haven't been renewed. So what happens is you can be 99 and a half and have an infant spirit. And then what becomes a problem is you'll come and you'll try to sit in the church and you can't, they can't listen because of age. I've been here twice compared to your age, but you spent the whole 90 years focusing on earth. Such thing as an old fool. <laughs> the Bible says the fool says in his heart, there is no God. You don't say that with your mouth. <laughs> you don't speak with your mouth. Y'all know that, right? I love the Lord. You don't speak with your mouth. God is my father. You don't speak with your mouth. That's an action. That's something that happens when nobody's looking. The father don't care what we do in front of everybody. He cares what we do when we're just, it's just me and him. Just, just us two. We can come in here and pray, but it does, I ain't gonna say that. I ain't gonna say it does you no good, but a lot of times people come in here to learn how to pray and then they go home and pray. So there's nothing wrong with that. But don't just show up at church trying to pray. You should be praying at home. Okay? You shouldn't just have to open your Bible or go through some scriptures when you arrive here. So the inner man is supposed to be renewed by practicing spiritual things. How was the inner man renewed? There we go. This is the life that's in Christ. This is the life you signed up for. Verse 17, it says, For our momentary light afflictions is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. Now, he, he, he's letting us know, this, the little things you're going through now, don't worry about that. Okay, they're momentary. They're momentary. But what they are producing in you is an eternal weight of glory, which means the more you go through stuff in this realm and you stay doing what the Father tells you, you develop weight in the Spirit. It's the reason why Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. It's a reason why Jesus only do, say, Jesus say, I only do, Manushka, what the Father tells me to do. Watch this. Don't you wish Eve would have said that? 
Don't you wish Adam would have looked at that fruit before he ate it? And said, no, I reject this. I only eat from my father's table. Because he didn't do that, a whole race, a whole race. So now, if that can happen by a whole race, what do you think happens to a life? What do you think happened to a calling? What do you think happened to your family? <laughs> Eating from the wrong tree can destroy your whole life. He ate something from Eve and ended up tainting the life of everybody after him. It matters what you eat. That's why you got to keep your eyes open. You got to have some ears to hear what the spirit is saying. You got to know, is this coming from my father or is this coming from Satan? My ears tuned. That's why I tell people, don't watch the news, you're wasting your time. All that's coming from Satan. Forget what the world doing. What is he doing? Because watch this, he eternal. <laughs> Verse 18. This is, this is where it gets good. Can y'all read that for me? So we, family, we, he didn't say so I, we, I expect, I'm expecting, we, right, we, all of us, we do not focus on what is seen. How's your situation right now? What's going on? What you focusing on? Huh, Bruce? <laughs> what you focusing on? You focusing on what you see? Walk by faith and not by sight. What is Paul trying to do? Close your eyes. For we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. How do we do that? So you mean to tell me I'm supposed to look at my situation and act like I don't see it? We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but they keep cussing me out. What do you see? Do you see a person cussing you out or do you see a spirit trying to get your attention and rise some up in you? What do you see? We don't focus on what we see. He said, because everything that we see is temporary. It's temporary. It's there one minute, then it's gone. August was rough. August was rough. September was recovery. <laughs> but it was temporary. 
He created healing because so this sickness can be. Y'all ain't working with me. I had a perfect, perfect punch, and y'all messed it up. Perfect punch line. All right. We focus, we don't focus on sickness, we focus on, on healing because sickness is. Hey! <laughs> it's temporary. So why do we not focusing on being broke? How many of y'all didn't have money and now you got money? It's temporary. How many of y'all had money and then you lost it? You didn't have none. It's temporary. <laughs> what are you focusing on? He can give you money anytime. He says, seek first. Sometimes he take your money away so you can seek him. Sometimes you lose your job so you can seek him. Because he know what he put in you and that $10 an hour working eight hours for $80 after they take, they take taxes, so it's probably 67. Let's just say 67. They take $13. So you work eight hours for $67. He's saying, child, I created you. The way I created you, you can get $70 without having to do eight hours. <laughs> but sometimes your eyes close. You see it as the only way. The only way I can do this, Dr. Hart used to make me mad sometimes, y'all. She used to make me mad. We used to argue all the time. I was right. But I used to tell her, put in for the job. But they said, you got to have this, this, and no, no. Stop looking <laughs> at what they said. <laughs> it don't matter what they said. If it ain't yours, you can't have it. If it is yours, they're going to change the requirements. They're going to say something about you. It's something about you that says you got to have <laughs> You got to close your eyes to the natural. I was um, more, I was at Morehouse, whatever, Morehouse, one of them. What's the name of the college here? Is it Morehouse, Morehead, one of them? Morehouse, School of Medicine. I was there one time and a, and a man was telling me, I was, he was uh, talking about therapy. And I said, yeah, my wife just graduated with, you know, with her degree. You know, she just got her doctorate. And then he said, uh, tell her to work for somebody for a couple years and then she'll get recognized and then she'll be able to go get her own practice. And I heard one of them Jeopardy buzzers. <laughs> That's all I heard, okay? And so when I got home, I started to tell her what the guy told me and before I could tell her, she told me that how many insurance companies was it that um, did you got? What do you call it when when, a, when an insurance company you get access to insurance paneled? She ended up getting paneled by pretty much every insurance company. Right out of school, that's unheard of. According to the natural, she got to go work for somebody else, build up her name, build up her reputation, and then. No, God's father said, no, all you got to do is set the plan to start the business. Okay, she had no customers at all. 
and was paneled by every insurance company. And now you got to turn people away. Stop sending us people. Don't do it in the natural. Do it in the spirit. Hear the plan that the Father has for you. That's why the Bible tells natural man can't understand things of the spirit. No matter how many times you say it. Until they take on a spiritual mind and read this word and pray and study this word, the mind will be forever stuck on, one, on the wrong side of heaven. Jesus had kingdom sight. As soon as he got here, first thing he tried to do is what? Change our sight. Love your enemies. <laughs> Pray for those that use you. But hold on, in the Old Testament, it was an eye for an eye. We could just take them out. As soon as they do something wrong to us, we can do it right back. Nope, don't exchange evil for evil. Exchange evil for good. Different eyesight. Don't judge. Because the law made you judge. The law made you judge. It's my favorite one right here. New wine goes into new wine skins. He came and told them, like, look, y'all can't even understand what I'm talking about until you decide to get rid of your mind. He, he literally told the Pharisees, your mind trash. Everything y'all teaching is trash. The stuff I'm bringing from heaven, you're going to need new wine skins for this new wine, because once the wine gets into the wine skin, it expands it. If it's an old wine skin, it's already been expanded. So the moment you put new wine skins in, it's going to expand and all that new wine comes out. That's why I tell you, you can't put this ministry in a ministry. You got to have the foundation. I talk to apostolic preachers. The moment I start talking about, and what happens is this, I start talking to preachers about the Father. This is the whole reason why Jesus did this. The only thing Jesus talked about was the Father. First thing, Jesus is the Father, whatever. But what happens is this. Q, we do good when I'm explaining it to them until I hit something in their doctrine that's wrong. Until they find a place where they don't agree, then what happens? Everything I just told them comes out the bottom. To the point, King, that they don't even want to talk to you no more. You a heretic. No, I'm going to do a whole series called Who the Heretic. I'm going to do a whole series called Who the Heretic and just walk through and show you this is what Jesus said. Why y'all not doing it? Jesus said, worship the Father. Why are we having concerts worshiping Jesus? Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, pray to the Father. We pray to Jesus. Jesus didn't say do that. That's a disobedience to the person you say is the Lord. Religion is one of Satan's best tools. Religion is one of Satan's best tools. He loves to use the scriptures to not get you to see. The Bible says, watch this. It says, we, so we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, it ain't no mistake. There is a lot of scriptures in this Bible that say, I predestined you. 
I predestined you to adoption. I predestined you to be children. I predestined you to be holy and blameless. I predestined you, which means the decision that I made about you, say me, the decisions he made about you, he made in eternity. He made an eternity. He made it in eternity. Before he created time and space, we live in time and space. The father lives in eternity. He never dies. Every decision that he made, he made in eternity. He did not make in time and space. He didn't say, you know what? I'm going to create a Virgil Hawkins. He didn't say that. That was already eternally said. He said that in heaven. He said that before he said, let there be light. Before he created the heaven and the earth, all this stuff was already figured out what he wanted us to do. The Bible says he knows the end of a thing before the beginning. That's crazy. He knows the end before the beginning. So this is why he tells us to walk by faith. Now, the Bible says that by faith, by faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. So everything that we see, okay, everything that we see was created by what we can't see. Walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is us understanding that everything that we see, Chad, was created by what we can't see. Faith is understanding that everything that we see was created by what we don't see. The reason why is because he don't want us seeking what we see. He don't want you to seek what you see because he created what you see. He made you like him so that you can seek him and create. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. We only understand by faith. We only understand when we see it from his realm. Long as we see it from the, the natural realm, we don't understand. That's why somebody can be vindictive towards you and you can look at the person instead of seeing the spirit behind the person and what they've been through. They not vindictive, they hurt. And you make an enemy out of somebody that's hurt <laughs> because you can't see in the spirit or you can't hear in the spirit. Because we can't, you can't tell me that God be telling you, cuss them out, tell them off. You can't tell me. Just like in church, you can't tell me, even if everybody in this, look, Renee, if everybody in this church was talking bad about you behind your back, God would never tell you. He would never tell you that. So we have to stop acting like we hear. Well, they don't like me. Who said that? Because there's no way the Holy Spirit said, they don't like you. <laughs> there's no way the Holy Spirit said, they talking about me. Hey, Kirby, they talking about you. You better watch out. Satan talks to people. He talks to all of us. Everybody don't respond. He talks to all of us. 
I tell married couples all the time, I say, this is the worst, this is the thing you're going to have to deal with more than anything. Dr. Hardy is at her office doing what she's doing. I'm at home doing what I'm doing, and Satan talking to both of us about each other. We walk up to each other, come in contact with each other, and if we have been entertaining, we don't even want to speak. She ain't did nothing to me. I ain't did nothing to her. It's just that this voice in my head that has been telling me all these negative things about my wife, <laughs> now all of a sudden when I see her, I take what he told me and I apply it to her, and now I don't even want to speak to her. She looking at me, either all the things Satan said about me, and now she, who you thinking? That's how he does it. That's how, he, that's how he do it in the church. He don't know what he's talking about. Well, who's saying that? <laughs> so, the father sent you here, but then he tell you he don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> you give me Manuska. Apostle don't know it. Well, who said that? You repeat it. I've been studying. No. No. I've been studying about witchcraft. Okay? And there's three types of witches, black, white, red. It ain't color, okay? It ain't got to do with skin color. The white witches specialize in creating bombs to destroy Christians, weapons of mass destruction. The black ones, which are the most deadly, white are the most harm, are the least harmful. The, the black, which are the most deadly, they specialize in astral projection. They go to sleep. And when they go to sleep, they leave their body and go hop in other bodies and kill people. The red witches are witches who specialize in blood transportation. So once the black witches have done their job, the red witches come and take the blood to do sacrifices with other people. Now, why am I telling y'all this? Because black witches... They specialize in astral projection in which they leave their bodies to go do something or they leave their body and they borrow another body to go do it. The way that they borrow a body is they choose a candidate by the candidate's desire. Now, it's three categories in which they have to, or three levels, starting with one, two, three. The first level, a witch has to kill seven people to get in category one. In category two, they have to kill 14 people. But category three is what I want y'all to be alerted to. Category three, they just have to destroy 32 Christian lives. So what does, how does Satan do this? How does he use witches in any way? Witch can be a man and a woman. Only a wizard can be a man. But a witch can be a man and a woman. Okay? That's why when Paul went to the Galatians, he said, Oh, foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? I'm telling you spiritual things. I'm teaching you spiritual truth, but you listen to somebody else. And it ain't God's voice. But the way in which they be with you or the way that, 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 that uh, uh, witches do this is they hijack your emotions. 
So if a witch wants to kill somebody, they find somebody with a heart that wants to murder. They jump in a person, the person walk up to somebody, kill somebody, then the witch leave their body. Then the person right there like, I don't know what happened. They sitting in jail like, I blacked out. Yeah, you did. A witch hijacked your emotions. Or when they want to get rich, when witches want to get rich and bring money into, into their hoard, what they do is they find somebody who wants to rob a bank, somebody who wants to rob somebody. They astral project out of them, jump into their body, rob somebody, hide the money, the person go to jail, they don't know where the money is, and then they come back and get the money. They hijack your emotions. They love it when you're mad. Who you think feeding you all that stuff when you get mad? Who you think feeding you all that stuff when you get mad at somebody? Telling you to kill them, maim them, leave them, don't talk to them no more. That ain't God. That's why it's called witchcraft. The witch is ministering something to you, crafting an argument to keep you in it. Giving you a reason to be mad and you, st and you stand on your, on your reason to be mad. When you stand on your reason to be mad, that's because it's been ministered to you so much and you're in agreement with it. They hijack sin, they hijack disobedience, and they hijack rebellion. They love it when people don't want to hear, don't want to have authority. They love it. They minister to them every reason why you shouldn't listen to a pastor, every reason why you shouldn't listen to your parents, every reason why you shouldn't listen to your husband, every reason why you shouldn't listen to God. That's why the Bible said that rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. And they'll minister to you until they give you a whole ministry on why you don't need no authority over you. And then the spirit of rebellion makes you ignorant to spiritual things because you can't learn rebellious. Why? Because you can't hear. Satan has your ear, so every time somebody talk with authority, you find a way to reject it. You got to watch your emotions. They catch you lying. Oh, you like to lie? Here, become a politician. <laughs> I got the perfect job for you. You want to find faults? Just be a politician. That's all they do. They walk around and they just find what's wrong with their candidate. And then they put it on. I got so tired of seeing the thing about Raphael, whatever. <laughs> Raphael Warnock. All they just take snippets of what you say, post it online, and act like that's the person. It's witchcraft. You got to watch your emotions. That's why the Bible tells us not to do evil for evil. That's why the Bible tells us not to be angry, no wrath, no malicious, because as soon as you get into that, Satan going to hijack it. Exactly what he did to Eve. Caught her at her appetite. Hijacked it. Soon as she hijacked it, he fed it. She fed it to her husband. Whole race destroyed. So what do you, my question again, what do you think he's trying to do to your life? Like I told you, in order for you to reach, or which to reach category three, they got to destroy 32 Christian lives. 32. The devil comes to steal, <laughs> to kill, 
and to destroy. Well, how does he do it? He plays off your inability to see in the spirit realm. He plays off your carnality. He catches you where your flesh is. Oh, so you like naked one. Here, I'm going to give you an appetite for this. How you think a man would want to pimp a woman? That's witchcraft. What would make somebody do human trafficking? What would give a mindset to go kill somebody and take their organs and sell them? Out of all the stuff you can sell on the planet, why would you go kill somebody and take their organs? It's witchcraft. But the thing about it is somebody had to agree. Somebody had to agree with sex trafficking, with the kidnapping of kids. That's why people don't see sexual, immor sexual immorality is witchcraft. It's witchcraft. It starts at fornication, okay? The father says, look, the only way I want y'all to have sex is marriage. Marriage. That's it. Then Satan touch your, <laughs> touch your appetite. You can just do it one time and get away with it. Then you get pregnant. Or you, I know, I know, I know a girl who the first time she had sex, she got pregnant. And I know somebody who the first time they got, they uh, contracted a, a fatal disease. Satan mind of, a, of manipulation is comes to destroy your life. He wants you depressed. Because depression leads suicide. It don't start as suicide. You sit there in it long enough, he's like, okay, you cool, because he ain't gonna just come to kill yourself. He wants you to stew in it, stew in it, sit in it, sit in it, sit in it, and you keep agreeing with it, you keep agreeing with it. You ain't looking for no solution, you ain't trying to get out of it. Then he come and say, you might as well just kill yourself. Don't nobody love you. You better recognize these voices. But the only way they can speak to you is if your eyes are closed to the spirit realm. Once your eyes open to the spirit realm, you begin to see, know, and understand who talking to you. It's a reason why, watch this, it's a reason why Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They don't hear a stranger. How do we know who is his sheep? The ones who hear his voice. I gave you the analogy. I don't care who you are, okay? When a sheep herder has the ear of the sheep, ain't nobody else saying nothing. You remember the video I put up there? And the guy, he said, do this call. They did the same call that he did. The same call. Now you do it. Now you do it. Now you do it. Then he did it. And all of them looked up. Because <laughs> they don't hear a stranger. They only hear the voice of their master. Had Adam said what Jesus said, we still be God's. Had Adam said what Jesus said, we wouldn't be talking about no healing because we wouldn't get sick. <laughs> now, this is a constant conversation between Paul and the church. Ephesians 4.22. 4 and 22. It says, 
Take off the former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Same conversation, right? Same conversation. Take off the old man, put on a new man. The new man is renewed in the spirit of his mind. Has a wholly different, a totally different thought process. Verse 24 says, and put on the new self, the one, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. The one. So it's two of you. Right now, sitting here, it's two of you. It's an old man and it's a new man. You get to decide which one you put on, which one you take off. You can take off the new man and put on the old man at any time. You can resurrect that old man. You can raise him from the dead at any time. You get to decide it. When he went to Philippians, he told him, had a mind of Christ. Let the mind that was in Christ be also in you. Then he told him, your citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. It ain't here. It's in heaven. Then he went to the Galatians and said, walk in the spirit. Live in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Same conversation. All the way across the board. Open your eyes to the spirit realm and close them to the natural realm. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Same conversation. It says, so if you have been raised with Christ, do what? So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. What verse 2 say? Same conversation. Set your mind. Set it. Leave it there. Set it. Don't pick it up. Leave it right there on spiritual things. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what happened. I don't care what they say. Leave it there. Verse 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. For you died and your life is hidden. So now you got to go find it. What does it take us back to? Seeking. You can't set your mind on fleshly things and find a hidden life in Christ. This life has to be revealed to you through seeking. And it's not no little petty life. Okay? So you got to really dig into this. You got to really, really give it to them. Imagine this. I came to one of y'all and I said, what school you want to go to? Full ride. I'll pay for everything. Room and board. Anything you need. Books. Food. I'll pay for it. How many of y'all say yes? Okay. Now, once I do that, I'm going to expect you to be a class. I'm going to expect you to study. I'm going to expect you to take serious what I paid for. I don't expect you to miss no classes. Why? Because I paid for everything already. You ain't got to work. You ain't got to do nothing. I expect straight A's. I expect you to graduate. 
I expect the reason why you enlisted in this thing for you to come out on the other side with flying colors, valedictorian. Hey, is something wrong with me expecting that? So why would you think our heavenly father would give his son <laughs> and not expect a life behind it? You don't think, after he gave his son, you don't think he expects you to study? Study to show yourself approved. Matter of fact, he said, if you don't open that book, you ain't even approved in this realm. It's a reason why Jesus called the Pharisees blind. <laughs> it's a reason why Jesus called the Pharisees blind. He said the Pharisees are blind. He said they are blind guides. Now, you ever heard of that? Is that an oxymoron? Is that what they call it? A blind guide. You went to go see a house, and you walk in there, and the realtor's blind. What can they show you? Nothing, because they can't see it. <laughs> So he's telling the Pharisees, he's telling his disciples they're blind guides. He said, if the blind lead the blind, they both going to end up in the ditch. Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said, the God of this world has blinded, has blinded the minds of those who are who unbelieving, those who would not sit down and see and have a focus on spiritual things, Satan has blinded. Which means they got perfectly good natural sight. <laughs> they can see everything around them perfectly, but they can't see in the spirit. I'm going to teach y'all something right now. I'm going to show y'all something. This is something I want y'all to study this. It's a little fun exercise. How many of y'all down for it? Now, you said you down for it, so. But he said, look, Satan blinded. He has blinded. You got to understand this. When somebody blinds you, you can't see. What you can't see, you can't think about. Not only did it take your thought away, Serena, it took your imagination. You can't even imagine God being good to you. That's why when we teach this stuff, your testimony funny. Boy, boy, I, I, man, I got to tell this. It is so powerful and funny. I almost died laughing. Her story, how she got to this church. Come on, Kirby, let's go to another church, Kirby. It was, <laughs> you should have heard how she was telling. So Kirby invites me. You good? Can I tell So Kirby invites Manushka to Divine Generation, and Manushka thinks this is going to be just a normal church. So Manushka starts running. Come on, Kirby. Let's go to another church, Kirby. Let's go talk about Jesus, Kirby. Oh, come on, Kirby. I'll go to the church with you, Kirby. And she said, she came up in here, and he started talking about the Father. She said, I said, if he's going to talk about the Father like this every Sunday, then I don't want to work on Sunday. What happened? Her eyes opened. She been to a lot of churches. You been to other churches, right? She came, sat right there, and eyes opened. 
and they ain't closed. You couldn't close them if you wanted to. You can't, you can't, look, I couldn't pay y'all to go to a church that wasn't teaching the Father. I couldn't pay y'all. Because <laughs> your eyes open. Now that you see you a child, you're not going to settle for the deacon board. You're not going to settle for a choir robe and being an usher. You don't want the white gloves. We don't want the white gloves. <laughs> I like to see my hands at church. <laughs> Eyes open. But the thing about it is, is so many people that I've ministered to this stuff to, and their eyes closed. They reject it. Let me show y'all how to make a spiritual smoothie to open your eyes. This about to be fun. Y'all ready? Who said they like smoothies? You need to stop. You in the flesh. Second Peter. I'm about to close. Ooh, yeah, I'm about to close. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and we're going to go through verse 9. It says, his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. I'm not going to go into depth explaining this, okay? His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse 4, by these he has given us very great and precious promises. This is powerful. Oh, so that, that through them we may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Now that alone right there says he opened our eyes to something different. I'm giving y'all something that other people don't have. Okay? Verse 5. For this very reason. What reason? Because of what he said in verse 3 and 4. Okay? Make every effort to supplement your faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is understanding that everything that we see was created by what we don't see. Faith is understanding that our Father created everything. So we don't need to ask nobody for nothing in this planet because he created everything. We don't depend on what we see. We don't focus on what we see. We focus on what we don't see because everything we see is temporary. So we focus on the eternal th stuff. Focus on your predestined call. I told you, things opened up for me the moment I said, Father, I just want to be what you, what you had in mind when you created me. That's it. I don't want nothing else. I don't want no plan B, nothing. I just want to be what you called me to be when you said, let there be like, when you seen McKinley, I want to be that. I don't want to be like no other man. I want to be everything that you saw me to be. And you know what? He can never turn away from that desire because that's his desire. That's why y'all, I appreciate that little clap. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother. I do. I really do. They don't like me very much. You have to understand that you have a predestined call on your life. He purposed you already. Verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Now, to supplement means to increase it, to enrich it, all right? So he says, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. So we're doing a smoothie right now. The first thing we're going to put in the smoothie is what? Faith. 
The main ingredient of the smoothie is faith. But we're going to supplement our faith with goodness. Then goodness with knowledge. So we got faith in there. We're going to put some goodness in there. Then we're going to put some knowledge in there. Then with knowledge, we're going to put self-control. Then with self-control, endurance. With endurance, we're going to add godliness to this. So you need more than knowledge. You need more than faith. You need more than goodness. So with endurance, we're going to add godliness. We're going to go from godliness to brotherly affection. And then from brotherly affection, we're going to add love. And love is going to seal it. After we put the love in there, we're good. But these are the steps. That's why I say it's a good study, ain't it? You need to study that. Because you need more than knowledge. You need understanding. You need wisdom. But how do you get it? You have to add these things to it. He don't want you to just have knowledge. He wants you to be good. He don't want you to just have faith. He wants self-control. He don't just want you to have self-control where your endurance is because you only got self-control for a little bit, for a little while. You got, a, you got an easy button. Verse 8, here you go. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, so you don't just possess them, but you got to possess them in a way that you grow. You don't possess them for a day. The Bible says your fruit need to remain. It don't need to come and go. But, that's the, but part of growing up is being inconsistent. Amen? Okay. Uh, uh, um, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being It will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Read that. Huh. Y'all full yet? The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past. Now, I'm closing. This is it right here. I'm done. Okay? Now, I do want to say this. I think Eve was blind and Adam was short-sighted. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid from the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Verse 9. So the Lord God called out to man and said, where are you? Now, why would he say that? Because he's supposed to be in the spirit realm. He's supposed to be operating like him. It wasn't location. He's God. Okay, it wasn't like, where are you? Oh, he at the bathroom. He went to the bathroom. No, it's where are you? Because you're supposed to be spiritual, my child, and I can't, I can't find you there like that. Where are you? Then he says, Adam said, I heard you in the garden. Hmm. 
He heard him in the garden. Huh. Is it because his, now his eyes are open? <laughs> he, he hears him in the garden. This ain't the first time he's been in the garden with him. But this time he heard him and got afraid. He said, I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Hmm. Verse 11. Then he asked, our heavenly father asked, who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that you were naked? Now, I can ask y'all the same thing about some stuff that's going on in your head right now. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that? He said you were this, but you don't believe it. Why? Who told you that? He said, who told you that you were naked? Then he said, did you eat? So, did you eat from the, he didn't say y'all, you know how we country folks. Did y'all eat from the tree? <laughs> did y'all eat from the tree? He, he said, did you eat from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? So that who told you that can be connected only with what you've been eating. That who told you that can only be connected to what you've been eating. I suggest this. Cut the TV off. Cut everything off until you think like he told you to think. Can we do that? It's for your destiny. Cut everything off until your mind gets to the place where he told you that. Don't look at another woman on TV and compare yourself. Who told you you weren't beautiful? Because they put a picture up there and she doctored up. She'd been sitting in a chair for six hours. Daughters, you don't need every man to be interested in you. You just need one. Where you get the appetite to want everybody to be? Where the man get the appetite to want every woman to be? Every woman to be impressed with him. <laughs> Where that appetite come from? You need one woman to be impressed with you. You don't need every woman. We just need what he has for us. I tell my daughters all the time, you tell any boy he can get a kiss when, when, it's, when I say, you may now kiss the bride. Do not share your lips with every man. And then when you get to the altar talking about some, well, he was a better kisser. That's the setup. Satan wants you to be used up. He wants you to kiss and touch all these different people. So when you get your spouse, it ain't enough. Well, you weren't supposed to go through all them. <laughs> they weren't supposed to all touch you. You're supposed to feel one hand on your body from one man and God ordained that. I'm jealous of Kirby. I ain't going to lie. I'm jealous. I am. 
He was a virgin when he got married. One woman. No, wait, wait, wait. No, no, wait, no, 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 no. We would not do that. Okay. Hold on. No, no, no. We would not do that. Okay. That's the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. Whatever. That's impressive. I told my son, I said, son, Kirby's the example. When it comes to that, Kirby's the example. That's the only woman he's ever touched. That's a beautiful thing. That's a holy thing. That's how the father designed it. And we are not going to act like, ah, no. We should be laughing at the fools like myself. That's how the world think. The world think if you can get this many, they got me. If you can get this many, thank God. Woo. Thank God she everything. <laughs> really, I'm not lying. I am blessed. Because I don't have to look elsewhere. I'm good. But that's how he gets you. I'm... Their eyes are closed to what the father wants. What kind of mindset is that? I got to try you out before I marry you. What? So what if it ain't? You going to try everybody out? So you going to get test drove until you find the right car. Am I helping somebody? If not here, I guess on the podcast. Y'all probably all good in here. Okay. Your father wants you to do things his way. And until we do things his way, I'm telling you, every, look. I'm about to say something. And y'all, if y'all want me to take it off, I'll take it off. Okay? Baby mama's a headache. Baby daddy's headaches. Okay? The last thing you want to be doing is have a household and you got to send money outside of it. You got to deal with a child outside of that. Now, if you did, you know, I got a child. I got children outside of mine. I'm not talking about, I'm, look, I can preach on me because I know it only matter what he says. It don't matter. I'm not the example. I'm not trying to be the example in that area. I can't. Too late now. <laughs> Jesus is the example. He the only one looking for believers. I ain't looking for believers. I forgot where I was. Okay. Verse 12, the man replied, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, the next conversation the father gave was to the serpent. Why? Because he don't wrestle with flesh and blood. He wrestled with spirits. The first person got cursed was Satan. Then he came back to Adam. He said, Adam, the reason why I'm cursing you is because you listened to that woman voice over mine. 
Eve, the reason why I'm cursing you is because you listen to the serpent. Now, why is this important? Look, this is the lesson. Men, you're supposed to eat from your father. Amen? Your helpmate is not supposed to come in between you and the father. Your helpmate is not your leader. Your helpmate is there to help you in the destiny that the father gave you. Whether you got a husband now or you finna get a husband. Before you got married, that man, he had a destiny. You come to help him with the destiny that the father gave him. The father's going to do all the commanding, the teaching, the raising. He's going to do that. So the lesson out of this is, men, before you eat anything, examine it. Is this for my father? Women, before you feed the family anything, make sure you got that from the father. We have to close our eyes to one realm in order to open them to another. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Until our eyes are open to his world, you're blind. Until you can see in the spirit, you're blind. Mm. Woo. You know what I was thinking about right now? thinking about why is it that when we pray we close our eyes <laughs> we closing our eyes to the natural that's why Jesus said when you pray get in the secret place he said go in the closet close the door and get before your father when you pray shut the entire world off Forget about the system. Take off your watch. Put your phone up and just focus on me. And he said, what is done in secret is rewarded openly. Why is that? Because faith is us dealing with the unseen and bringing it to a place where a person can see it.